And so she walks up to me and just punches me. <laughs> and I fall down. I start thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, this bitch is angry. <laughs> and I'm drunk as fuck. Like I can't, like I can't conceive why this girl is hitting me in the face. And my brother comes through like a superhero, like, look, I can't let you hit him like that no more, right? And he and he and he picks up and he starts to talk to her and she calms down and shit. And then it was like about time for it to strike 12 and we finna start shooting and shit. You know, everybody in there, pop, 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 you know, it's finna happen. And, he, and she was like, take me home. And he was like, okay. I was like, the fuck are you just shooting and shit going on this? We was on the east side in the 90s. It was like Beirut and that motherfucker. You gonna go out here <laughs> for this old non-fucking ass bitch and get shot? Come on, man, at least get shot over some pussy. Don't get shot. <laughs> Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, the show where stand-up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories. I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. And I am CJ Sullivan. Each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we have a different theme when it comes to drinking and debauchery. And this year is a common one, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. We have the hilarious comic Robert Hines, Chicago legend, who's going to tell a quick story about that. And, Chicago uh, legend. You know, it's, it, Go ahead. It's the biggest drinking day of the year. I'm actually surprised we haven't tackled this theme yet. But, well, uh, you know, a lot of people like to call it amateur hour. You know, they say that. I love when I love when I love when drunks complain that New Year's Eve is amateur hour. Always come on, dude. I used to call those people alcoholics. You know, I guess somebody with five DUI convictions who has to blow into their car to start it is calling somebody else an amateur. Right. I don't need a ball to drop to kiss a stranger and pee in the corner of a bar. Okay, that's called a Tuesday. But it's always a celebratory. It's when everyone comes to our level, really, though. It's when everyone gets to the f- full drunk level. That's why they call it amateur hour. But uh, everyone drinks. It's a, uh, it's a great, it's a great holiday. Obviously, the New Year's Eve, you have fireworks. You have uh, it's right after Christmas. It's right during the holiday season, and it's the beginning mm-hmm. of the year. And uh, people get drunk and uh, for midnight. Um, growing up, I, I always remember. Did, w- w- <laughs> There was always like a, a level. The parents used to go out, you know, maybe get a mm-hmm. sitter for us. And then as they got older, I mean, the, the New Year's Eve would get like earlier and earlier. Like, ah, let's just do it at nine o'clock, like eight o'clock. Yes, you know? Yeah. And like pots and pans. You never understood it. And as you get older, like, oh, now I get now I get that. <laughs> Why that's a thing. Well, it's funny when you like I go to like those kind of parties with yeah. the kids. And it is funny because like the adults are all still getting blasted like they don't have kids and <laughs> right. then like the kids are in the other room doing the pretend ball drop but then you forget oh now we got to put our five-year-old to bed and we're drunk <laughs> and we've got to like, try to do this bedtime routine and like read a book and we're not making right. any sense you know <laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, but I, I've always had so good New Year's Eve. There's a lot of pressure to have a good New Year's Eve. That's the problem with it. That's actually my biggest complaint about New Year's Eve, especially when you're, like, in your 20s. I, I feel like women especially, like, I don't know if it's the narrative that you're starting a new year or you're closing out this year, but there was always so much pressure to have good New Year's Eve plans. Yeah, it's good New Year's Eve plans. Yeah, the <laughs> women love it, of course. They, well, it's a dressing up thing, too, and I feel like, the, yeah. you know, it's, it's everything's a scam. You know, and, and like bars and restaurants, you eat like a normal bar that you go to, like, oh, New Year's Eve, that's $225, but let me, let me tell you about the package. Like, what? Yeah. You're fucking deviled eggs behind the bar. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I come here every day. Yeah, but now you're going to have to get the package for New Year's Eve. Like, they always, you know, they make it a fucking uh, package just because they know they can. Because they know, yeah, the and they always pressure. start with it's not even a good deal. They always start. With, well, first of all, that that includes the champagne toast at midnight, yeah. <laughs> right? That, that's toast. a fucking cup of champagne. That's two dollars, you know? right? And by the time I get to the champagne toast, I'm gonna be so hammered. That thing could be that thing could be cider. That could be gas, gasoline. I wouldn't know the difference. Now that I talk this out loud, I think I think New Year's Eve is secretly worse than Valentine's Day as far as the like, I'll take Valentine's Day anyway. Oh yeah, as the forced upon you holiday. You know, here you're paying outrageous prices, outlandish prices. You know, and then when they toss the dinner in there and they, yeah, for drinking that you can get uh, done for a fraction of the price. It is the one day of the year where it seems like bars are becoming like airlines or something like that, you know, in terms of just like all the unnecessary charges and you just right. feel like you're getting screwed yeah. everywhere and like, you know, it, it, it's crowded and not fun. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, if you could find a bar like that doesn't charge whatever at the door. That's great. But then it's going to be massively packed anyway. You know, it's just whatever. Now, I'm, I'm just talking myself into the guy who just said amateur hour. I'm already getting upset. <laughs> well, or it's, uh, the alternative is it's funny when you propose a bar like that to, like, your girlfriend in the early 20s. Yeah. You know, and uh, she, she's very suspicious of why they don't have a New Year's package. Like, what <laughs> What are you, like, what kind right. of yeah, exactly. dank, uh, <laughs> terrible place, you know, are you sending me to? <laughs> and she, she would be right for that. <laughs> but there is a feeling, I would New Year's Eve, of, you know, the newness of it. You know, it's kind of mm -hmm. professional if you're leaving last year. You're leaving all the mistakes behind, so there's kind of like a happy to celebrate. I remember one time I was at... Uh, we were at some party, whatever. It was like, you know, one of those formal things here. And uh, my buddy uh, Jimmy got in a fight with his wife um, that night. You know, whatever. It's just some stupid fight. And I became a drunkenly peacemaker. Talk, talked him out of it like, hey, man, you know, tonight, whatever it is, I can wait, you know. But tonight's a special night. We look at us. We dressed up, you know. She wants to hear this. This is New Year's Eve. This is the memory they're going to have. Whatever I said, you know. And it worked. And she couldn't believe it. She was thanking me like, oh, my God, I don't know what you told him, you know. But it worked. You can, it was amazing, you know. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just, well, just, just some uh, common knowledge, you know, and philosophy. And I, and I went over to have a drink with uh, Jim to celebrate. And he was like, yeah, you're right. Right, like he was totally moved, and as I did it with my arm around his shoulder, I threw up on his shoe. I vomited, like as talking to him, like in the middle of the advice, and like just saying, like, trust me, I know how this goes. And he was like, what the fuck? And it, it, nothing discredits your uh, your sage advice more than yeah. a man. Did you just vomit while you were talking to me and telling me about the uh, being in the moment and all that? That's not besides the point. Now you're you're, you're being distracted again. Why stop stop bringing up on the other side matters? So tonight is we got dressed up. Let's do this.
<laughs> that's hilarious. I I mean, that is one of the things I love about New Year's is just like all the vomiting that yes. ends up happening. Yeah, you know? vomiting in streets and the bars, and it's just accepted. <laughs> <laughs> we uh i would throw a lot of times like we've been talking about and we're going to talk more about like um after robert's interview um the science of why we're always disappointed but a lot of times like my friends would come to me they would see how expensive all these packages are nobody wanted to pay it and they'd be like flannery will throw a party when mm-hmm. i moved to chicago because we had this huge apartment you had been there like you'd been at some of these parties yep and one of the years i remember like we, this was like when we first moved to chicago this is and we threw a party a New Year's party. It was like the most eclectic mix. I had just started stand up. Uh-huh. It was like the most eclectic mix of people. Like it, it was my roommate who worked in accounting. It was all of his accounting buddies who were all from Pakistan. Yeah. And so I did. I never knew this, but apparently Ramadan, which is like the holy uh, Muslim yeah. holiday, yeah, where yeah. they have to go a month without like eating or drinking. It, I guess it rotates ten days every year. So oh, like for for either. a certain. For a certain part of your life, Ramadan will be in the winter, and then it'll gradually move to the summer, and then it comes back to the winter. This year, (laughs) it had just ended right before New Year's. So it's all these Muslim accountants who hadn't drinking in a month. Oh, they ended it. (laughs) At one point, point, there was a Muslim accountant puking in our sink and both in two other ones puking in our bathrooms. (laughs) <laughs> and it was like this is like 2001 so it's like right after September 11th then there's a like a fourth muslim accountant like basically using this as like a he's like a cultural attache he's like see we have so much in common you know <laughs> like, we're not that different we you know? it almost sounds like a generated band name or something like the peeping muslim <laughs> accountants <laughs> That's awesome. But and you were doing it almost as a protest. Well, fine. I'll just have a party. Then we don't have to spend, you know, all this money. In a, yep. <laughs> that, that's the thing. That is the thing that's hilarious that they lean to you, and they would do that to me, too. Like I would always have to, I would do last-second parties, too, because they would lean on our alcoholism to be like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, and just, like, basically, well, he's not going well, you live in squalor, drink. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's going to have to drink, right. and he lives in squalor. He doesn't care. He, he, don't have a, he, doesn't have a, he doesn't have a piece of property he cares about in that house. <laughs> we can do whatever we want in uh, his place. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, anyway, let's get into the show because we have the great Robert Hines yes. waiting for us. We have he's got a great story that he did in the Blackout Diaries, and we have a great interview with him. Robert Hines, uh, one of our old t- old friends and comics, great comics, mm-hmm. fucking hilarious. Got real viral with the. Big Jones barbecue and foot rub videos and all that. <laughs> I guess that took a turn. You'll hear that about in the interview. But for without further brew, let's get into it because he's absolutely hilarious. The great Robert Hines. What's happening? Damn, y'all weird as fuck. I said. Know, yeah, this is some Chicago shit. Y'all don't like saying hello and shit. I say hi to people and they look at me like I asked them for some pussy or something. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> Fucking crazy old bastard. And it's hard, like, you know, still being sexual but don't nobody want to fuck. Because <laughs> the difference between being um, sexy and creepy is generally your age. <laughs> <laughs> So our story takes place in 1990 when Chub Rock burst upon the scene. And uh, from the time I was 15 till I was 20, I drank heavily. 
And then after I turned 21, I stopped drinking altogether. And then when I turned 47, I started smoking weed. Um, primarily, the reason I drank not because I liked it or I cared for the taste. It was in the beginning, it's because they said I couldn't. And then I started listening to Easy E and shit and had a driver's license. And I would drive around with 40 ounces of beer in my lap because it was freezing my balls. <laughs> I guess y'all don't listen to Easy E. <laughs> but I'm driving around the neighborhood, drunk, um, in an 84 Plymouth Grand Fury with like 80 ounces of beer in my lap. But this particular story is New Year's Eve, and, and my brother is the coolest person on the planet. Like, my older brother takes responsibility so I don't have to, and he does things so that I do outburst shit that entertains him and then he backs up my dumb shit. The motherfucker's amazing. He's, he's generous, and he's my dad's favorite. Everybody love him. And um, <laughs> like right now, if he walked in the room, y'all would stop looking at me and look at his black ass. <laughs> he's just better than us all. I'm just being honest. <laughs> this motherfucker used to be a guardian angel. Like, who does that? Like, what the fuck? I don't give a shit you getting robbed on a train. You shouldn't be soft. You know what I'm saying? That's Motherfucker want to protect people. So it's New Year's Eve, and I'm fucking around with this chick that won't give me none. And back then, I was really, really sexually like, I'm, if you're not going to fuck me within three dates, I'm not going to fuck with you no more. Like, if you, I was used to getting it on the first date. So if you're super sexy, I stick around for two, but after the third, oh, yeah, I'm done. And I've been dating this chick for a month. We have been on several dates. And White Castle was involved. It was all type of shit <laughs> that was happening. And it wasn't sex. And I was upset. It's New Year's Eve, and you're supposed to do what you want to do all year on New Year's Eve. That's what you're supposed to do. Y'all got some extra shit? You want to tell your drunk ass story? I'd love to hear it. <laughs> and she was like, fuck that. I'm going to keep talking. I don't give a fuck. That's cool. Uh -huh. I don't either. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, I'm dating this chick, she won't give me none, I'm angry, and it's New Year's Eve, and I'm like, I need to fuck, because that's what's supposed to happen on New Year's Eve, 1989 into 1990. And it was this little chick that I really was fond of, because I had just met her and she was pretty, and we had amazing sex in a closet. And then when I came out the closet, the chick that was actually there with me was standing there looking at me come out the closet, and then this lady come out the closet with me, and we both seemed very happy and pleased. You know what I mean? So she kind of knew that it was some fucking going on. And so she's like, I know this motherfucker did not just fuck this girl in this closet on our New Year's Eve date, right? And my brother's watching this shit, and my brother had, had got a, 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 a fucking train set for Christmas. And, and, and I went under the tree and got his train, just left the shit there. I went under the tree and I was building a train set, right? I was building my shit. And this chick could not take my joy. You know what I'm saying? I'm on the floor enjoying the fucking train set and she's pissed because I also enjoyed sex and she didn't give it to me. And so she's mad as fuck. And so she walks up to me and just punches me. And I fall down and I start thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, this bitch is angry. <laughs> and I'm drunk as fuck like I can't like I can't conceive why this girl is hitting me in the face and my brother comes through like a superhero like look 
I can't let you hit him like that no more, right? And he, and, he, and he picks up and he starts to talk to her and she calms down and shit. And then it was like about time for it to strike 12 and we finna start shooting and shit. You know, everybody in there, pop, 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 you know, it's finna happen. And, he, and she was like, take me home. And he was like, okay. I was like, the fuck are you just shooting and shit? Going on this, we was on the east side in the 90s. It was like Beirut in that motherfucker. You gonna go out here for this old non-fucking ass bitch and get shot? Come on, man, at least get shot over some pussy. Don't get shot over denim. You grind on it some nothing. You got nothing. So he takes her home. And I form a relationship with the other chick. That lasts about a week. Because <laughs> I fucked over her too. But, um... <laughs> So what winds up happening is he takes her home, he comes back at an odd hour in the morning, and we don't discuss it again. So about, I don't know, about 10, 15 years later, he goes, hey man, you remember when I took that chick home? I was like, yeah, he said, I fucked her. I was like, I'm glad, I'm glad somebody got some pussy from her. She was like eating on us for free and laying around in our apartment and shit. At least somebody got laid. And he was like, that was not the response I was looking for. just on the side of sex. I don't really, <laughs> I don't have a team. Shit, I'm just glad you got some pussy. It's so, at least somebody got some. That's, that's, that's my story. And we're back at the Blackout Diaries. Sean Bear Flannery and CJ Sullivan. That was the hilarious Robert Hines, who is here with us now. Robert, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. Yes, good I to would, see you, Rob. I haven't seen you forever. This is great. I'm I know, so I, and I hadn't seen you forever, and then he shows up. He's just in the green room at the lodge, yeah. and it was you took some time. You had some health problems. You took some time off, and it was almost like you, you were starting over in Chicago, and I was so happy that you came and did our show. You've always been one of the most naturally funny comics I've ever seen. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. I, I You know, I've been watching y'all from afar, like wanting to be in the game, like a sick little puppy on the porch. Mm. But now I'm back, and I'm ready to sit on everybody. Yeah, and you, and you look great. Even though we don't show video, I like to say, I say that about every guest, but you actually did look great. Good Thank to see you, you like much. that. Thank you, and, guys. Uh, um, but beautiful. No, that was a hilarious story. Of course, your, your, your New Year's Eve story. Um, there was all, had everything. Everything for New Year's Eve. Fucking in the bathroom, fighting, siblings, loves. <laughs> And then it was just a beautiful story at the end when you said, uh, what, what was your quote at the end? You're like, I'm just on the side of sex. Yeah. So yeah that's how you wrapped it up. <laughs> as long as somebody got some, it's going to be a good new year. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm on team orgasm. <laughs> I loved your line about how it's like Beirut out there with all the guns going on. Like like um last New Year's Eve, a kid yeah. a, a couple blocks from me, luckily he was fine, but he was grazed by a bullet that wow. just came down out of the sky. Like mm -hmm. somebody shot it up in the air, who knows how many miles away. But when he went into the ER, they're like they're new to uh the Chicago land area and the ER doctor's like, Oh yeah, this just you know, it's it's like bird poop, you know. Uh, they just <laughs> fall out of the sky here. <laughs> You know, got 10 of them tonight, you know. Everything about Chicago is way more aggressive. Like, I live in L.A. now, and yeah. so if you go in traffic, if you walk out in traffic in L.A., cars will stop. They will stop for you if you walk out in traffic. So in L.A., you can, you got to, uh, traffic got to avoid you. In Chicago, you got to avoid traffic. You understand what I'm saying? And if you stop for a second, 
Somebody go, they're going to hit that horn. In L.A., you can stop for like 30, 40 seconds before anybody would consider honking their horn. Yeah, and they stare them down, too. I'm out in L.A., too, Robin. It's, it's amazing. They look it down, and, and like the, the person will stare the car down. Like, they're like, listen, it doesn't matter who's at fault. I know who's going to be, you know, I know who's going to win the battle. And that's what in Chicago, they respect the science. You know? Absolutely. Just, if you're gonna get LA, a fight, so- get, if you're gonna get a fight, get to the side of the car. Like they'll do it in the front, yeah. like they're two dogs staring at each other. But one's a pit bull. <laughs> it's so funny that you they will stare you down. Like what you finna do? Right. <laughs> I'll bop your ass one yeah. time. I think you'll get the point. <laughs> I, I've heard Robert on that that the L.A. cops also enforce jaywalking, well, like, yeah. like uh, which I don't think would ever happen in Chicago. The reason yeah. that they do that is because traffic is horrible and there's so many people in the city. Right. It's 10 million, you know, like, it's I don't know how, I'm close to 10 million people, I guess, in the city. I don't know, yeah. way more than this in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, uh-huh. and if you don't do something, way more people will get run over. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is definitely for their protection to jaywalking there because people, we have no time for There's enough traffic. We have no time for for pedestrians being involved in this. Like, listen, you shouldn't be walking anyway in the city, let alone let alone in roads. Did you guys see what happened this morning? I think on uh, like the four oh five, where um, I I only I haven't even seen the video yet. I yeah. just saw the headline, but it it was people protesting. Um, the war in Israel sure. and um, Gaza, sure. and they shut down the highway, and then you just see like the helicopter, like, and like, oh, this is ugly. This is a brawl. So the motorists just start brawling <laughs> with with because <laughs> yeah. the, the, uh, they're so tired of traffic and they've just gone crazy, you know. They see the Fight Club version of Hollywood Land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's only four or five fighting the knives and shit. <laughs> That was amazing live too when you when he was taking your uh, original date home because you like, couldn't believe he was leaving a New Year's Eve in the nineties and you know, East Chicago in the nineties. You're like, don't get shot over some denim or stuff like that because he ain't even giving me nothing, which is a great uh, merchandise idea if you ever need t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, my brother's a Boy Scout until the time to get some ass. All right. <laughs> Where quickly, did you get? Were you- Oh, go, go ahead, ahead CJ. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, where did you grow up? Were you on the west side? Is, did you mention that in your story? No, I'm I'm from Inglewood. We, my parents still live. Oh, in you are. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, about your dad, you mentioned he was a guardian angel. No, my brother was a nope. guardian angel. Your my brother dad was. loves violence. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Real quick, brother sorry, was my dad. Angel. My dad died uh, last year, New Year's Eve. Now listen. Okay. He was um he really did love violence and and it was towards <laughs> the end he was like about a week left in his life. Uh-huh. And he was laying in the bed and they had put him in the bed with the rails on it. So he was like in jail bed cuz mm-hmm. he, he would keep falling out the bed so they put the rails up and so my mom says, "Hey, pull your dad up in the bed." And he hated for you to get next to him in bed to pull him up. Okay. So I go, "Hey man, if you don't pull yourself up, I'm gonna have to lay down next to you and pull you up in the bed." And he looks at me with this little mean look on his face, grabs the rail and pulls real close to me, <laughs> and then reaches up and punches me in the belly. <laughs> and I say, I say, I say, "That's all you got, old man?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> back real slow, and he said, "Yeah, nigga, that's it." <laughs> <laughs> and about a week later, he was dead. <laughs> all right, wait. He gave him one of his great, beautiful final wishes, you know, like he went out. <laughs> I want you to take this last ass right. whooping. 
Yeah. <laughs> Son, what? if you could do me the favor. <laughs> last. Please tell me this was a shared hospital room and, and there's another patient hearing your family. Because that's what I love about Cook County Hospitals. It's usually two fam. Oh, he got his own bed. Okay. Yeah, that's right. yeah. It was in here. It was here in the house. Okay. Oh, okay. Bed. But that was his well farewell to me. And when he that's did it, he laid back. You could see the smile on his face like, yeah. <laughs> that's that one ass with I needed I mean, that one. That's a beautiful story. In his own it bed. Is a beautiful- Who else, what else can you want to go way to go out? You should almost turn it. You, you know how they always say died happily, surrounded by friends and family. Died happily, punching friends and family. <laughs> he chose and loved violence. <laughs> But so your brother took that ability and he turned it for good. He was oh, a, yeah. they were vigilante. They wore the red berets, right? Yep, yep. And he fought. Look, they were practicing this place somewhere on the north side, and they didn't even have the common courtesy to give them a floor. Like part of the part of the floor was <laughs> right. missing in this abandoned ass building they used to work out in. I was like, mm-hmm. man, at least this this job don't pay shit. And they can't. They don't even give you a floor. What the hell? Why would you stick with this? You you in here fighting on the rafters? You know. What I'm <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah that's oh, wild. And that's then they would like ride the they would ride the red line and just wait for crime to happen, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. The, what a wild uh, yeah. way to make. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. One time he was. We were. This was. This was after. Well, after his guardian angel days, he was a limo driver. And 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 this guy in the taxi was arguing with him about where he's supposed to be parked. And the guy kept walking up on him. He was like, I don't think you really want to do that. And the guy finally went to walk up on him, and my brother made quick work of him. The guy called the police and was like, look, he's not a normal guy. He knows karate or something. Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> he's trained with the berets. <laughs> Just, just the red, not the green. Yeah, the red ones, not the green ones. The, uh, you know, the the weird vigilante ones, the ones that are just volunteers. He's fighting the- like M and M's. And Chicago police is probably just like pretending to, yeah, you know, like they're just, uh huh. Oh no, it's karate. Okay, yeah, we're not going to show up, sir. Don't worry right. about it. You know. <laughs> Oh, man. Now, Robert, we were talking beforehand. Of course, we know each other for a long time. Chicago Comics and the great scene. Everyone's doing great. Great to see you. Long-time friends. And you, uh, you for a long time, had a, uh, you blew up online with some great videos. The old Toby Jones, of course, the big-ass barbecue. And Foot Rub was the famous one. And you <laughs> did a whole series of them. And surprise, surprise, we were, we were talking before this. Mm-hmm. We find out that those people aren't good people. At all, at all. Pedro <laughs> and Romero Castro are horrible men. <laughs> yeah, because you have like, in the world. Let them know you don't like them. Right. <laughs> those you have to have over thirty million views. What like if you combined all those those videos and they're hilarious. oh the original I mean, one the original one has like forty five million. It was huge. They're fucking yeah. hilarious. You are hilarious in it. You were the reason why it was hilarious. You know. And I mean, of course, the avant garde of whatever the 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 idea. So what what was the, what's the deal between them? You said they're currently trying to sue you. I know they didn't pay you well. Absolutely, absolutely. So in the beginning, it wasn't just Pedro and Romero. It was a group of guys called Big Doggy Child. That's okay. why it's on the Big Doggy Child YouTube page. Mm-hmm. And after they left, they came to me. I was in Naperville working in a coffee house. Right. They had a character that they admitted that they couldn't make work. And uh, uh, Romero said he came up with the character standing in line somewhere. So when I got to the to the set, 
I looked at the I looked at the uh the script and I was like, I'm not memorizing none of this. This is horrible. Mm. Right. I, I, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out as we go, right? Yeah. And they um they gave me, they put me in this in this flop house type situation. And um and we go out into the yard and we start taping. And a lot of the time, honestly, if they're honest to themselves, when they would give me, when we would get to the scene, I'd be like, okay, cut the camera on. And then I would ad lib. Right. So most of sure. everything that's in there is ad lib. The only joke that I can remember that they actually wrote was the one where I pushed the shit over and all of it fell down the stairs mm -hmm. in the first big ass mm -hmm. truck rental one. And so after we did the first one, they were successful. They wanted to do another one. And each one, each one of the first two, I signed a whack contract for both of them that right. said that they owned everything, but it didn't say work for hire. It just described work for hire. Right. And so then after that, uh, for the first year, they paid me what they said they were going to pay me. Then after that, they started complaining. Because they were selling T-shirts with my face on it. I was sure. only getting 20%. And they wanted me to come and help them put the T-shirts in the bag. They was like, if you're not going to put the T-shirts in the bag, we don't want to pay you anymore. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> right? And so then after, after about, about 2010, they stopped. We did in 2008. After yeah. 2010, they stopped paying me. The thing superstar blowing up like everywhere. About 2015, um, um, it was on Laugh Out Loud's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. You know, Kevin Hart's Laugh Out Loud Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was massive. Next thing you know, the NBA started messing with it. You start mm -hmm. seeing Steph Curry do it. You start seeing um, Snoop Dogg put my face, put his face on me in the video. Yep. It was just everywhere. I got on Good Morning America. And then about 2019, I asked them, hey, guys, because they had messed up plenty of commercial opportunities. Right. Like, I could have been the face of Spirit Airline, but they yeah. asked too much money. And so when it was all over, at about 2019, I said, hey, guys, can we get a partnership? Because this isn't working for me. And instead of saying, yes, let's figure it out, they was like, no, nah, we think your partnership proposal is too complicated. But we think you want to want to do more videos. Now, keep it in mind, the only thing that was rocking on their site was me. Right. So they want to do yeah. more videos because they need more content. I did not know how much money they were making every month. And so at the, after, I, after they said no, I just copywrote the first seven seconds. Because you cannot question that that song came off the top of my head. And that's yeah. all I wanted was the first seven seconds. I wasn't trying to copyright it from them or none of that because I could have took the whole thing. And that's what my advisors were telling me. All the while, guys, we did a pilot TV show. I always included them, even though nobody else was messing with them. So right. finally, when I asked for that and I copywrote the song, they copywrote every other video, including the song by itself. And then sued me and trying to sue me in trademark court for $150,711. Now, when I first copied <laughs> the song, I took down the old video. I only asked YouTube to take down the first seven seconds. They took the whole video down. They estimated in those 10 days, they lost $711. Now, keep in mind, hmm. from 2015 to 2019, they said I made them less. I made uh, what they made from what they made my portion was less than $2,000 from 2015 to 29. Think about all the things that happened from in that time. Right. So after yeah. they did that, they tell me I owe them $711 for 10 days, and you paid me less than two grand for four years. So That's this, what I'm saying. They're, they're suing you for the money they didn't yeah. pay you. Absolutely. Well, and this is why <laughs> like, we can where, tell. Where, where would I even get this money? You didn't pay me. Yeah, and, and this is how we know they're a fly-by-night operation, and it's why no actual studio ever goes to court because they don't want to show what they're really 
making. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like, like we will settle out of court because we don't want them to look at the books at all. Eventually they will, but since I don't have a lawyer yeah. currently, they just cowering over me like, we want this, we want that. Now the good yeah. thing about, they didn't do it in federal court. They did it in a, as a trademark action in the, in the trademark board. Mm. So, okay. and, and not only do they got a trademark, they also are trying to get, um, not only do they got a copyright, they're trying to get a trademark of my image. They have a store with nothing but me on it. Mm-hmm. And they ain't paid me a dime for that store since they started it. Right. And they want to trademark my image without my say so. Yeah, there's oh, no man. there's no judge that would side with them. It's impossible. Not you you, you basically wrote it and were the character. We would love to represent you in this case. Sean has, we are not official. We have lawyers, access to lawyers. But we, we have, do access have access to lawyers. To lawyers. <laughs> and, and last case resort, Sean claims he can pass the bar exam sight unseen <laughs> with a weekend of studying. I mean, Sean does have that collegiate uh collegiate. Yeah, absolutely. Look. Right. I gotta look. <laughs> Um, how do they fuck up this Spirit Airlines thing? I had never heard that before. Yeah, that would so, that would so that would have been hilarious. Right. It was everything was lined up perfectly. Uh, ad agency came to us, came to my manager and I at the time was like, "Look, we want to use this guy for this," and he was like, "Well, you can use him, but I don't think you want to fuck with this character thing because mm-hmm. it's gonna take forever yeah. for us to clear it." And it was like, "We really yeah. want the character." And the killing part, I don't know. Back then. I was in Cleveland quite a bit, and I had a fan base in Cleveland, and they wanted to base the commercial in Akron. So I was like, okay, they said, we're going to do a, a sample right here, and then before we try to take it nationwide. Man, they they, they came back, and uh, I said I would take a small amount of money just to get it started, just to do that. Then people asked for they asked, for, I, I think it was somewhere like, I honestly, it was somewhere around five or six grand. I said, I will do the commercial. I'll come there, do the commercial for five grand. Those guys asked for 15 grand. Just to do the sample commercial, right. so they was yeah. like, "We don't want to give it to you." Then they was like, "All right, well, Rob, maybe we'll pay you the fifteen grand so we can justify paying them the fifteen grand." And then, or, or they was like, "Well, maybe we pay you twenty grand to justify the fifteen grand." I was like, "Oh, okay, this might work out." And then right. all of a sudden, I don't know how they found out. They was like, "Well, we want most favorite nation. Whatever you pay him, we want." Now they didn't yeah. have to leave their homes. All they had to do was collect that money, <laughs> and they and that's what they asked for. So finally, when they got to Spirit Airline from the ad company, the ad company was like, "Yeah, the the, the client doesn't want to pay them. They'll pay you, but they don't want to pay them." No shit, it's Spirit Airlines. Like, what about right. Spirit Airlines yeah. gives you the vibe that yeah, you know, they're gonna pay whatever we say. I know they charge you for seatbelts on their flight. They charge you to bring on a new, I mean, yeah. They'll charge you to bring on a newspaper. I was on Spirit Airline and had gas. And the lady was like, it's a 25 cent fart fee. And I was like, it's 75 cent. My whole row should be able to fart freely. They would ask you to chip in for real gas, too. We'll just put pass the hat around. <laughs> honest, this is the honest to God truth. Have you ever, do you know how the engine look on a on an airplane? Do you know how they get to it? Do you ever seen it? I was on a spirit flight, my very first spirit flight. They had to bring a Latin guy over to get up and open up the engines of the airplane. I right. never seen airplane engines <laughs> at the, the gate. <laughs> yes, yes. Open up the, I was like, what in the hell? I took pictures of it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, they got the whole hood open on the airplane. Like Rate transistor radio sitting up there. He's just got <laughs> the towel over his shoulder. Dude got his coffee sitting on the engine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, 
Robert. Oh, this has been a great time. Always great oh, catching God. up with yeah. you. I'm glad. Sorry all that shit's happened to you, but you're going to pull through this, obviously. So fuck those guys. But uh, amazing story. Robert, why don't you tell everyone how else they can catch the great Robert L. Hines. Uh, I am going to well this this month. I'm right now. I'm about to go to Indianapolis and do the uh, Crackers Comedy Club in Chicago. I don't know yes. when this will air, but I'll be doing that on the thirtieth. I'm at the uh, Roundhouse in Aurora, the Two Brothers mm -hmm. House. I got my monthly House of Hines show at the Laugh Factory. And the last thing is, if in all my social media is Robert L Hines on all social media. And one other quick story, guys. Those guys took down my TikTok. I didn't really know. I knew that the thing was doing well. I knew that people knew me, but I wasn't selling that many tickets. Yeah. I joined TikTok, and then within a weekend, because another creator came to me and was like, hey, you need to get on TikTok, man. Yeah. Looking for you out here. I get on TikTok. By the end of the weekend, I had over 100,000 followers. Mm. Holy it was shit. crazy. Yeah. And they <laughs> took the TikTok down oh, for man. trade market frisbee. That's horrible. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Hey, TikTok's looking for you. The streets, the streets is looking for it. Tick, TikTok's <laughs> looking for that for that Jones now. <laughs> hey guys, I want you guys to keep killing it, man. You make me so proud to be from Chicago, dude. Y'all are doing so well, man. Blackout Diaries is amazing. I, I I've been following CJ. I've been following CJ through XL. XL. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, XL's man, big for love. You know, XL. CJ been killing it. I was like, let me see CJ. I'm like, oh look. <laughs> he looks less drunk lately. What's going on? <laughs> less drunk. <laughs> That's all I'm looking for. That's a good T-shirt right there too. Less drunk. <laughs> all right, Robert. Great talking to you, buddy. All right, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, man. Thanks, buddy. All right, we're back here on the Blackout Diaries. That wasn't amazing, Robert L. Hines, you brought it. Came in hot, left hot. Throwing bows. I love I like uh, I knew he would too. Yeah, yeah. He is great. And I love him airing the grievances with that. It's a shame he's going through that, but it's amazing where you're like uh, you even brought it up beforehand, you're like, uh <laughs> now is it I mean we obviously don't have to talk about it. Is it before the show I mean, you know, an ongoing court case he goes, Oh, I'll talk about it. I don't even have a lawyer yet. <laughs> Fuck it. Well I'm sure yeah, you, I loved that. I'm sure if you did, he'd tell you do not talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, that's, they usually don't say, I want you to talk about this everywhere. Right. As openly as possible, as right. publicly as possible, and with, with total permanence. <laughs> it's something that can't be taken off the internet. <laughs> So, oh, yeah, that man. was, I was like, are you sure you want to talk about this? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I want. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, he wanted to get into it. So we'll see. Who knows? Maybe maybe we'll hear later on. Maybe we're talking about a three-minute interview. You guys just heard because yeah. we, we had to cut out 15 minutes. <laughs> It'll be great. And uh, that was great, Robert Hines. But we're talking New Year's Eve on today's yep. Blackout Diaries. And um, earlier we were um, talking about the newness of it, New Year's. That's what makes it different than a normal drink tonight. You know, everyone has it. Yeah. Of course, it's the new beginnings. You're starting the new year. And one of the uh, fake rituals that we do is that we all make or at least say New Year's resolutions, which is like, you know, yes. a, a vow to yourself on how you're going to do an improvement. You know, and people, people usually go big. That, I mean, it's never going to happen. It never lasts. First of all, and who hasn't made a drunk promise to themselves? That's what I love about the New Year's <laughs> Eve. But this one, it's all a group one. You know, <laughs> that's why. Yeah. That's, 
that's why I always hated what people would bring up resolutions. Like, what's your resolution? Like, what what do you care? You know, I thought we're all in agreement. All right, we keep this to ourselves. <laughs> what it's going to be? And I mean, there's no, you know, this, I guess there's the social pressure of uh, you'll keep it if other people know about it. It's just like when people want to know your resolutions, it's always weird. Like, oh no, I just want to know what you think is your biggest flaw. You know, I just want to, I want you to know, uh, you know, because if I ever see you doing it, I can shame you publicly. Like, you know, if you're eating yeah. French fries, I can tell everyone, hey, do you remember you said to yourself when you were drunk? Yeah. yeah I was hammered it was new year's eve i was throwing up on my buddy's shoe <laughs> and it's like it's what everyone always says to the it, it's not like anyone even in march is like you know i should maybe think about eating healthier i mean like, these <laughs> right. are the thoughts we have throughout the whole year mm-hmm. it's just um i always wonder too if like well, the reason they want to know your resolution is like you know i have my own thoughts about how you need to improve and i just want to see if you yes <laughs> if, if that aligns with how y- you see your own faults you know <laughs> that's hilarious have you considered yeah. uh not clicking your mouth every time you <laughs> what, what do i do like, yeah <laughs> i thought you would say you're going to start to show up on time and not make people wait for you as often that maybe might be quick, something to consider maybe quicker responses to emails if we're that we're all trying to get into i don't know just these are just random, random ones I found on the internet. Nothing specifically to you. I remember the big a, a one, couple of years big ago. One people, go ahead. No, well, I was gonna say a couple of years ago, my New Year's resolution was to um, not get uh, surprisingly drunk, and then I would like have to like <laughs> like explain what that would mean to people. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, like I'm okay if I'm going out and I know it's gonna happen, but I right. don't want to have it, you know, like kind of sneak up on me, you know. Mm-hmm. So like that's and then I think everybody would walk away like I don't have that problem <laughs> you know, like i don't get accidentally drunk at work <laughs> surprisingly it's, it's hilarious <laughs> some would also say maybe you should stop drinking as a resolution <laughs> whoa 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 you know we're trying to just minor minor steps which i do love dry january that's always a big one and it's always oh, yeah and, and it's always something you say when you're drunk you know, well, you know, just oh, a yeah. month, just a month of January, just to see it, just to see if I have a problem, yeah. which I always love. First of all, you're getting a head start. It always starts with a four day hangover from New Year's Eve, <laughs> but then then you get to round twenty, like ah, I got to twenty, I can round up from there, you know. And you just and that you was enough of a it. proof, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, how far do you want me to take this out? Can we get a buy out of this thing. <laughs> But the dry January is always hilarious. It's just like, like oh, I just want to see, you know, what uh, what other people have to do for their lives. This is even dabble. <laughs> well, and it's funny when you get the people that are like halfway through it and they're like, uh, yeah, I think I discovered I do have a problem. And that <laughs> right. the problem Not- is I'm OK with that. Because yeah. I hate, I've hated the last two weeks have been the worst two weeks of my life. You know? right. uh, not all problems need fixed. You know, not all problems need solved. Yeah. <laughs> Just to acknowledge there is a problem. People, I, I'm, I want to start calling people out for the resolutions like now. Like, are you, how's your resolution coming? Like in June or something? Like, what? I don't even know what the fuck it was. <laughs> <laughs> like people like usually January that's like let's stop talking about resolutions or, or or they'll make resolutions that's like not a resolution at all. I'm resolved not to hang out with you more, like or not you know think of me more and like you know really think of myself and uh, you just don't want to go out. That's, that's not a it's not a problem that you have. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah exactly. Ex- you know your anxiety, you're dealing with your anxiety or whatever. Um, but yeah, so the next day is always. Uh, it's always, I guess that's when it starts too, because that's when you have your your New Year's Eve hangover or your rolls into. Um, it's always, January 1st is always a weird day for me too. 
In Philly, oh yeah, dude, they would do the Mummers Parade because you have the Rose Bowl Parade out here in Philly. You have the Mummers Parade, which is not a lot of people know about outside of Philadelphia, but it's like this. Parade. I had never heard of it. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty great. It's the opposite of the Rose Parade. The literally opposite. <laughs> the Rose Parade's beautiful. Every float handmade by a flower. You know, there's all these volunteers that work year round on these things. The Philly, it Philly literally looks like if a dumpster full of trash was just blown through the streets, <laughs> but in human form because they're wearing they're, they're like these handmade like the, you know the big feathers or mummers or whatever and like it's it's like uh, it's kind of like Brazil Carnival but like a real at back alleyway you know <laughs> and they have street they have banjos and string bands that call and it's kind of cool but. Um, but it's a Philly tradition. They go through the neighborhoods and they judge all the things, you know. They'll judge all the the <laughs> performances. But they drink and they get hammered. And it's like an old thing. Yeah. So when you go over there and like the, the the old heads, like all the old relatives, they take it seriously. So we, we used to go over like, you know, our friends like aunt's house or whatever, grandma's house in South Philly hung over from our new year's eve and then this is like the one they, you go there and they have like all these like weird brown you know liqueurs and cordials lined up on a table and they're forcing <laughs> you to drink because it's their tradition and you're like oh you're drinking like this grandmother liquor and then you go out there and you're just fucking blindly drunk um so it's, 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 it's it will just add to your migraine. So the only kind of drinking where you couldn't drink through your headache because it's all old people alcohol, you know, where it just it just added to your headache. <laughs> it's like Jesus, what is this? A mi- this is literally a migraine shot. But that did that's remind hilarious. Me, yeah, that did remind me of the next day. Um, one time at Galway Bay on January first, I remember going to Galway Bay on a New Year's Eve, and it was all and it was packed. The night before, and uh, obviously, but they didn't have like we were talking about no no package, or whatever. But it was packed. Yeah, they never do. Yeah, right. And so the next day is when we live across the street from it. We go. I uh, went over there, and there was like, uh, you know, a couple diehards, probably a couple people that didn't leave. You know, they were just stuck inside from there, yeah. like like six people tops, sitting at the bar. Lights aren't on. I I, I, I love waiting outside a bar to open on yeah. January first. <laughs> You're like, basically, right. you're, it's like you're holding a sign. I made no resolutions. Yeah, no. Uh, I res- not, right. I'm not doing any self improvement. I am. And this is true. You you're open. normally you're normally texting the bartender, Bill. Where are you? Come, all right, I'm getting there. Jesus, you saw me last night. You know, like, <laughs> well, if you just give me a set of keys, this wouldn't happen. Have to have to happen. <laughs> so we get there, we open up. You know, we're watching the Rose Bowl or something like that, and. Uh, where it's, it's just like everyone. This is before <laughs> social distancing. Everyone just got their hangover space. There's like six people, mm-hmm. all twelve feet away from each other. No one's shoulder to shoulder. There's no camaraderie. Everyone's just like you know drinking their uh, cider or beer to hangover and like you know in darkness. The lights aren't on. No no music. Just a game with a little, little bit of sound. You know everyone's in. The, the equivalent of having an ice pack on your head <laughs> of a bar yeah. is what this bar is. And actually, you know. Door opens up in the back there, and our good buddy Kevin the cop, which later turned out to be we nicknamed. He got a nickname off this story. This yeah. is where the nickname began. He always liked cashews. We always Who knew doesn't? that. Who doesn't love some cashews? And he would have a bag of cashews on him. He'd offer them. You know, I mean, I was kind of he he loved he loved a bag of cashews. But um, we're there, and all of a sudden the door opens, and he comes in. We don't. No one says hi. You know, no one says anything. He just starts. He just starts doing lap around the bar like he's looking for something. He's rummaging around. He goes to the back. He goes to the woman's bathroom. Goes to the men's bathroom. Goes to this back little like storage area. What the f- which was like probably open 
last the night before. And we're like, what the fuck is he? We're just looking at him. What's he doing? He comes back to him and he sits down. And he goes, damn. Can't find him. What are you looking for? He goes, last night I left a bag of cashews here. He's like, and I thought, dude, he, and I, thought and I can't find him anywhere. And we were like, what? You thought you, you left a bag of cashew nuts on New Year's Eve at this bar and you thought they would be here? Are you fucking. And, and you want to find them. Right. <laughs> You're hoping to find the rest of these back of cashews. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a worst case scenario is you find them and eat them. Right. <laughs> and it would be a special bag. And uh, that's when we're like, oh, you really are. You really are about this cashew life, aren't you? <laughs> Didn't he say something like they're good cashews? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good cashews. I think he was talking about the size of the bag, too. It was a, it was a huge bag. <laughs> but you had a point there. But you're right. To, 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 to think that maybe they're there. To not think like, you know. <laughs> like, he came in for it. I don't even think he hung around and drank to watch the game. Like, then he left. All right, back to We back should to do day. that. We, we should call, like, really upscale bars and be like, hey, I left <laughs> an Italian beef there <laughs> last night. Right. And before I get in the car, I was just wondering if you, if you could search the premises for my leftover food. <laughs> Oh my God! Um, well, one thing we're also talking about New Year's Eve, of course, it's a huge celebration. It's not quite the Chinese New Year's with fireworks, but we also do fireworks. It's, it's one of those uh, holidays that sneaks up with you, with you with the fireworks too. Sometimes you forget about it. I, so I'm drunk. convinced. Yeah. I'm convinced a lot of it is like people just buy so many fireworks for the Fourth of July. <laughs> they have leftovers. Did they get like too drunk to set off or so? Because setting off fireworks actually is actually well, if you're doing it safely, it's like very time consuming, yeah. you know. And I, I think you buy all this and you don't realize, oh, like I'd actually have to man this thing for seven hours <laughs> to actually light all this off. Right, it's a process. <laughs> you know? and it's always freezing. It's not like the Fourth of July just summer. Like it's yeah. not a winter fucking event. You have to go out. I always like setting up, yeah, with the winter coat on, you know. Going out. <laughs> <laughs> but there are there, there's tons right i actually i always wonder like i remember like whenever there's like a surprising victory in sports i'm always like do people just have an emergency firework yeah. supply yeah. for this kind of stuff because it's like crazy how much like in chicago how quickly they go off they do go and off how extensively nuts. they go off um, especially out here in los angeles as well i mean obviously in the, in the mexican culture they have the i mean Warm weather helps, but yeah, they have fireworks for like you're you're trying to guess the event. Like what what happened? You know, did uh, remember when Biden got elected, or uh, oh maybe maybe the, the the ten just opened up again. Like is this for minor? Minor victories. Go ahead. CJ, there are um, some vic. This is uh this is not a victimless uh, celebration. When we light off these fireworks. Well, uh, right. No, of course. They love to tell you about how uh, it affects dogs. and Vietnam. We always hear about dogs. War Americans veterans love their dogs. as well. Yeah. War, yeah. And the war veterans are like, okay, I can get behind that. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's a traumatic thing. I have no patience for the fucking dogs. <laughs> like, 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 I, like I, I, I lose it. I know. When people you're, say that. Yeah, your, uh, your, your stance on the dogs and fireworks is well documented, and, I'm, and I agree with it. Because <laughs> I'm like, those motherfuckers have been ruining our sleep yeah. for the other 364 days of right. the year. No problem ruining it. Right. Barking incessantly. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, and it's a fucking dog. Why does it need nine straight hours of sleep? It's not like it's getting up yeah, isn't that and a delivering saying? the paper like they used to or something like that. Yeah, that it doesn't even, doesn't even grab my slippers anymore. You got to... <laughs> 
<laughs> but right, isn't a dog's life a saying? How easy it is to be a dog? Yeah, where's he got to yeah. go? He doesn't got to go fucking bust his hump down at the plant for eight hours. <laughs> so anyway, who's the real victim, though, when it comes to fire? The real victim, though, it turns out, are birds. Uh-huh. So uh, scientists are warning us that New Year's Eve is by far the worst night of the year for birds. This is from U.S. Uh, USA Today. The large amount of fireworks setting them off in unison at the stroke of midnight create an enormous disturbance for birds and cause many species to take flight for an unusually long length of time, sensing they may need to avoid nearby danger. And I guess this is the real problem. During that time of the year, it's so cold that it takes the birds 11 days to recover from New Year's Eve because <laughs> they've spent so Christ. much money like just basically like yeah. flying around distracted that I just love the idea that the birds are as hungover as we are the next day <laughs> like oh I got, I got to get out of Cleveland like right. this is not a life you know like this is <laughs> That's why they fly south they get ahead of, get ahead of schedule with that um that makes so much sense and you never hear about that with the birds I never even no. thought about that too until you brought that up yeah we're shooting rockets at birds no one gives a fuck about that <laughs> I mean they're we that's the one thing. It was funny. Like Trump was always trying to warn us that the birds are dying left and right, and yeah. everyone would always be like, like laugh at him. But yeah, it turned, like we're killing birds. birds left and right. Yeah, There's the birds aren't real. It's, it's, we're basically doing the North Korean missile tests going over <laughs> over the countries, fucking right across their nose. Because even if they're perched in a tree, these rockets are going right by their nose and we're the sky where they are. Yeah, I mean, it's like Saving Private Ryan or something like that. You, you know, <laughs> yeah. where like, like just artillery is going off, right? Like you know, as you're trying to. You know, just get to the beach. <laughs> um, you know, along those lines in Illinois, we just had this big debate where, um, well, I, I shouldn't call it a debate, but there was like this big press launch and uh, our our governor was saying, like, turn off your lights at night. Mm-hmm. And it came out that there's this migratory path over Lake Michigan where uh, like all these species of birds go right into Chicago and the McCormick Center in particular um if the lights aren't set the right way, they just fly right into it. Uh-huh. And everyone's like, oh, this can't be that big of a deal. And then they <laughs> they go to, like, the news, like, talks to, like, this uh, janitor at the McCormick place. They're like, well, how big of a problem is this? Like, oh, come, I'll show you. And he just shows you, like, the front yard of the McCormick Center. Dude, yeah. it was, like, 50, it was just, like, a pile of dead birds. He's like, oh, yeah, every night. This is what happens. Every night. And they're like, well, what? what? <laughs> They're like, why don't you guys just turn the lights on differently? He's like, hey, I, I don't do the lights, you know. Like that's, right. I don't know who you talk to. <laughs> that's yeah. not my problem, but yeah. It is amazing how like it the number of like uh, the number of bird casualties that it has to be for us to make a decision and a move on it. <laughs> like, like when things happen, like I remember like the, when the Vikings, the Minnesota had that new stadium and it was like all glass windows, whatever, yes. like this new technology. And like when it first opened, just birds were just flying right into it and dying, you know? Yeah. Like, like, what are you going to do about it? Like, ah, you know, a few birds in a day and then eventually get piled up to that with a hundred thousand. All right. Now it's just becoming a safety issue for us. Quite frankly, all these piles of dead birds going through there and we have to replace these windows because now they're cracking them (laughs) (laughs) i do love our our uh the kind of algorithm that we have of like when we care about species that my my favorite is like whenever like some giant construction project like i feel california is like when conservative Mm -hmm. news gets mad that something's getting held up for some species they've never heard of you know and they're like yeah apparently it's called the white-tailed newt okay (laughs) it's only three inches long and because of that we can't add another lane (laughs) to the 302 (laughs) 
That is funny. The number, just the random number where it hits endangered level. Well, now we can't kill them. <laughs> we, we've done too many. <laughs> but like birds were like, hey, listen, the sky's full of them. You know, who cares? <laughs> right. They fall out. They come out. I've heard they're not even real. Some of those fun conspiracies. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, right. man. Well, that's going to do it for that's today's nice. Blackout yeah, Diaries. Absolutely. Sean, what else you got going on? Well, we have the live show every Friday at 10 p.m. Uh, sales have been going really well lately, so make sure you buy your tickets in advance. Uh, I myself have a lot of shows coming up in Chicago. This should air by then. Um, like Robert Hines, though, I'm, the, I'm there the previous day. I'll be at the Walter Payton's Roundhouse. Yes, in Aurora. Uh, and I'm actually hosting the Paper Machete. I'm going to be a guest host. Uh, what? Um, yeah, last December uh, at um, the Green Mill, last December, uh, or last Saturday in December. I will wow, be the host. You, you, you buried the lead there, Sean. Yeah. You are going to be hosting the Paper Mache Show I'm in gonna, Chicago? One of the greatest live comedy show yeah, in Chicago. It's an amazing ex- experience. Explain to the audience out there. It's a great show. It's at the Green Mill, the famous jazz club in Chicago, mm-hmm. 3 p.m. on a Saturday or 2 p.m., something like that. It's like a mm-hmm. two-hour paper magazine digital show or a podcast. I do, I've done it many times. But what I'm so shocked by this is because it's not just a stand-up show, obviously. There's a couple yeah. stand-up acts, variety. There's puppets. There's music. There's live bands. And the host, uh, God bless him, he, he does a lot of <laughs> a lot of things. I can't imagine. I told him. I, I know where you're role. going. And I warned him. <laughs> I comp- I'm, like, I, I'm like, first of all, all your bands, there's no way I'm going to remember their name. Like, right. like Because they're always like. They're they're always like like toothless yeah. baby right. a- is angry or something yeah. like that you, you know um I've I've warned him that's all I can do all right because he's a song and dance man he does a thing a vocal like a lip sync and a whole thing it's a show it's a, it's definitely a great show you're just gonna you're gonna give him Flannery that's all you can give him but I, I, if if you <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get boots on the ground there. I'm gonna have to have Adam Burke, of course, to get there. <laughs> Somebody to get a report of what's going, what, what, what this entails. That sounds amazing. And I'm sure you. I'm sure you're getting. I mean, you get paid with free drinks anyway. That's one of the great reasons to do that show. You yep. drink old fashions at that great bar. They make there. great cocktails there. They, they do make great cocktails there. So I imagine that definitely enticed you for a couple of hours. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's Saturday afternoon. You're getting a ball. That's a long show too. It is. So we we will see. I think it uh we will see how I how I get it up in the air and how I land it with those free drinks, you know. Wow. That's what we made. When is that? Say that date again. Uh last Saturday in December. So that uh, is Saturday right De- before New Year's. December thirtieth, yes. Perfect. That's amazing. Well yeah. that's fantastic. Um and follow you on the socials, of course, that's Sean Flannery. At, yep. uh, on Instagram, is that your Sean Flannery? Sean Who M- knows what Sean I am. M- Just, you, you'll find me before I find myself. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at CJ Sullivan was taken. Not like Liam Neeson, but the name was taken, actually spelled out. Um, Twitter or X at CJ Sullivan underscore. And you can follow my other podcast, The Bottom Line Bombs, where I do sports uh, gambling and comedy. Getting, having a lot of fun with this Tommy DeVito and the Italian. The oh Italian's God, the biggest so trend hilarious. now. First we had Big Dom, the Philly security guard. Now we got this uh, <laughs> Jersey quarterback who lives with his parents in Italy and his Italian agent. You see the agent? <laughs> oh, God, the agent's great. Just yeah. like Father Guido Sarducci. Like This this yeah. can't be real. They're leaning into That's the thing with the Italians. You think you're making fun of them. They love it. They so they, they, so they can't get enough of it, you know, so they lean into it. So they, they, take, they take the piss out of it, if you will. So it's been amazing. And it's so funny how openly 
they're like, you know, like Irish Italians are like the last groups we can just openly rip on yeah. without any recourse. <laughs> so people go overboard with it. You know, they they're, just, they're, 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 they're like channeling a but they're projecting a lot of stuff they want to be saying about other people. So they get the Italians and stuff. You know, so was, like Peyton Manning called his agent a, like a grease ball or, or like or, or sleazy or some shit like that. Like, yeah, that was his nickname. And they asked him, he's like, yeah, no, that wasn't my nickname. Slimy or something. It's like, that's just that's just him hating Italians, basically. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's okay. He's a good guy. Yeah. He means well. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't care. <laughs> but that's great. So follow that, and uh, if not, give us a five star review and a good review. We'll uh, set you up and uh, tell fifty thousand of your friends. <laughs>